Ron, today we are joined by a, a, a man that's only 26 years old, but he has been so successful at starting businesses at the early age of 19. And at the end of the day, like he is out there to provide value, education, and entertainment. Yeah, you know what's what was interesting about our conversation? I found myself thinking, gosh, what if I started when he did? And just all the cool tidbits he gave throughout the show, oh my gosh, it was pure gold. Absolutely. Yep. Josh Forty, Think Different Theory podcast. And he is he's gonna change the world. So let's get to it. Have you ever wondered how highly successful entrepreneurs think? So did we. So we asked hundreds of entrepreneurs a very simple question. If they had perfect hindsight, what advice would they give themselves? I am Corey Carter. And I'm Ron Cool. Join us on our journey implementing and sharing all of our learnings while we hack our hindsight along with our guest hindsight to give us all better foresight. Listen along the way as we find and unlock their secrets that made them successful through hidden traffic, joint ventures, and much, much more. This is Hindsight Hack. Today on Hindsight Hacking, we are very lucky as our guest joining us is the podcast host of the wildly successful, wildly educational, and wildly inspiring podcast called Think Different Theory. And he has been running his own businesses since he was 19, but most importantly, his why is to inspire people to break free, find their purpose, know truth, and define their own destiny so they can fall in love with life and make the world a better place. Today, we are joined by the one, the only, Josh Forty. What's up, man? Thanks so much for having me, guys. I appreciate uh, you having me on. Josh, we are so stoked that you're on. I know, uh, you know, we work a lot with Jamie and he talks about you a lot. Nice. Um, and, and we've kind of followed you. Uh, but for the people that don't know you, can you take a couple seconds to give your backstory to them? Yeah, absolutely. I'd love to. So uh, my name is Josh Forty. I run Think Different Theory, which is, it started as a podcast. We're kind of turning into more of a show now. We got the video aspect of it going and we've got a whole, whole big to do there. So we have fun with it. But I uh, think different theories, it's a mindset. And uh, I say mindset podcast, but really, we just talk about topics that matter. Um, and uh, I got started about four years ago in the digital marketing space, got started on Instagram, I came from uh, the insurance life and health insurance business to business market, I was uh, 21 years old, knocking on businesses doors trying to sell them life and health insurance, which is I tell you what, you want to learn about rejection real quick that way. Um, so it was a good learning experience for sure. But I uh, got into digital marketing through Instagram and social media, um, grew and managed about 4 million followers uh, in my first agency on social media. Uh, with a business partner, we had separate visions for the company. So I ended up selling out to him, um, which, you know, awesome guy. I'm not, you know, I have nothing bad to say about him, just different, different directions we wanted to go. Uh, I transitioned and pivoted a little bit more, um, went into the personal branding side of things and the sales side of things, realized that, hey, if, uh, man, if I've got followers, people want to buy from me, let, let, this, this works well. I get to be famous and make money. This is awesome, right? Um, so I went, went down that path and uh, started a, a Facebook group, grew that to about 35,000 members, um, all organically. And uh, over the course of the next two, three years, uh, grew and managed another 2 million uh, social media followers on Instagram and Facebook for clients. So bringing the total to about 6 million followers, grown and managed um, 100% organically. I've up until 
three months ago when we started the podcast, I had never paid for a Facebook ad or an Instagram ad ever. Um, it was all done organically. And so now really the focus is, I mean, I've been through a, a lot in life. My brother passed away in a helicopter crash last year, a freak accident, totally wrecked my life. Um, so that, you know, that really changed the trajectory of think different theory, like right out of the gate. Um, before that, I kind of had my high moment, low moment type yeah, reset in life where I studied mindset. So I have spent over $100,000 of my own personal money, my own personal dollars on uh, personal development, mindsets and mindset related things. I currently have a mindset coach uh, who I pay $60,000 a year to for one on one coaching with, um, or, you know, equivalent to $5,000 a month. Um, and it's all just about mindset. So I'm a big, huge mindset nerd. And we my business now is think different theory, we help people grow wildly profitable, engaged audiences uh, around their message so that they can get their, you know, their message out to the world and create a, a loyal following. So they have security in their businesses and their lives, which is just huge. Man, so you, you made a comment about starting three months ago with your podcast, but it's for the listeners, it's three months ago for season two, right? Yeah, yeah. So it's about a year, year and three months now. Yeah. Like the the amount of content you use, you know, with the daily uh, episodes, live, you know, streaming YouTube, that, that then goes to a podcast. Like that whole production is just incredible. Like, obviously, I, I assume you didn't start that way, right? Like, you no, your, your podcast. It was it was more of a one a week or one a day. I don't know what what was your kind of plan and process then so we've always done three podcast episodes a week um but but we got to back up a little bit so my claim to fame per se what kind of put josh 40 on the map if you will and i just talked about myself in third person but <laughs> bear with me here okay what kind of put me on the map here was after i sold the instagram agency i had a little bit of a following on facebook and i had no personal following on instagram at all at this time after i sold it was all had been for clients and fan pages and so um i realized that a lot of my clientele was on facebook right? Instagram was still kind of this newer platform. And they had, Facebook had just come out with, with Facebook Live, right? And I found very quickly that I actually do way better live than I do pre-recorded, right? I, like, I overthink things when I'm pre-recorded and I get my own head and everything. I'm like, yeah, but if it's just live and I have to talk, I don't like people to think I'm weird. So I'm like, oh, I'll just, I'll find something to say, right? And, I, and that's kind of where I got started. But like my first YouTube videos that I ever did, the first Facebook lives, I mean, they were terrible. And when I mean terrible, I mean like, I wish people could see it. Like I had like two lamps without lampshades on behind. I had a, a wall, it was dark, the audio was terrible. I had shaggy hair, like it was awful. Um, but I actually live streamed my way to success, I say sometimes, because um, I did 200 live streams in a row for 200 straight days. Um, I never missed a day. And that was kind of this thing that I started learning how to just produce mass amounts of content at that point. It became such a habit for me that when I actually downgraded to three times a week, it was actually much easier for me. Now, three episodes a week for most people is like, how do you produce so much content? But so when we first started the podcast, um, I hired Daxi and Ryan over at uh, Legacy Podcast. They do a phenomenal job. Couldn't recommend them enough. Um, and they did all the production side of things. And I was just responsible for the production. And so the first 50 episodes that I did were strictly solo. Um, I wanted to find my voice. I wanted to figure out where I was going one month into it. So I mean, what, 12 episodes, 15 episodes in my brother dies in a helicopter crash, right? So like, maybe it was a few more episodes of that totally jacks my life, right? I mean, just wow. And so after about 50 episodes in, I decided 
keeping up with this much content while I'm going through a lot of things, just, I couldn't do it. And so that's when we switched over to interviews as well, um, which I love interviewing people. I love learning. Um, and so we switched over to interviews. Once again, audio only though, no video, no video reproduction. I mean, it was simple, record the interview, upload it to them. And that's all I had to do. So it started very, very simple. And then it blossomed into, as we grew, we added the video aspect and then we added the video clips and then we added, you know, uh, daily emails that went out with everything. And now we do three episodes a week and then we do clips every single day, uh, three to seven minute, three to 10 minute Instagram TV and uh, Facebook video clips for the podcast. It's, I mean, you said so much right there, but I want yeah, to- Yeah, sorry. <laughs> no, I, I love it. Cause there's like five or six things I, written, I wrote down that I want to talk about. But the first one is I love that you recognized early on in this that you owned your own traffic really. Yeah. Right? Yeah, um, you That's had all bit, these, it's big. Yeah, you had all these followers. Um, they, they got you right? And then you created more followers. And I'm sure you were able to use that traffic piece and growing it organically. I mean, I would love to ask more about that because yeah. I think that is where just people struggle, you know, yeah. and finding your voice is not as easy as it appears to be. And then the live piece where you're talking about, I mean, Corey and I, you know, we've done Zooms for a long time and, you know, doing these, if someone else is on or we're talking to a group of people, zero problems. Yeah. Zero problems. Right? Yep. Yep. <laughs> if, it's, if it's Corey and I, and we're recording something for just us, we can't get one sentence out. It's yeah. And then you're like, Oh wait, uh, uh, that yeah, didn't sound like, right. Uh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, you overthink it. You're like, ah, no, that's not right. That's not yep. right. Yeah. Like I would love, I mean, without going too deep into it, but yeah. the organic piece of growing it, you know, yeah. is it truly just, those lives every day for 200 days that really helped you with that? Yeah. Well, I mean, back, so back in the day, it was a little bit easier to grow organically from just producing your own content. And one of the things that we have to look at is I think people get confused because they're like organic versus paid. I don't want to pay to play. What you have to understand is the only difference between organic growth and paid advertising growth is the fact that one of them, you're guaranteed a placement and the other one you're not. That's it, right? So it's like, if you got crappy content with paid ads, you're gonna spend a lot of money and get no followers. You might get some strictly because you're paying for the exposure, right? The other one, you're not paying for the exposure, so you're not guaranteed views, right? That's really it. And so once you realize that, you go, okay, well, what are the only ways to grow, right? The only ways to grow something is, A, your own following, or B, somebody else's, right? Like. That's it. You're, I'm either promoting to a following that I already have and trying to get more of my own following to come do this thing or to somebody else's. So I went and I looked at this and I said, well, okay, what if like everybody wants to be on TV, right? But why do we want to be on TV? Well, because it's perceived as this lots of views, it's exposure, right? It's at free advertising per se. I was like, well, what if I just viewed every single Facebook live or podcast or Facebook group that somebody else has as a TV channel? Just a real small one. And I was like, well, okay, the TV channels need guests and they need content to produce. I bet you these other people do as well. And so I literally just sat down and I went, okay, I can either pay with, there are two ways to pay for things. I can pay with my money or I can pay with my time, right? So I was like, well, I know that there's about 50 other Facebook groups and podcasts right now that are directly in my sphere of influence that if I hit them up and keep in mind, this is when I was still much smaller right? That if I get on their show, 
I'm going to be able to go and get in front of my ideal customer. And I was, so I th- sat down and I thought about it. I was like, well, what's the, like, what do I need in order to be successful once I'm on there? Right? Well, well, first I need a message. And in order to know my message, I need to know who I'm trying to talk to. So I have this framework. It's called the audience hacking framework, right? And audience hacking is literally, I go, who am I talking to? Step number one is the message, right? The message, who am I talking to and what message am I telling them? Okay. So getting super, super clear on that. And then I go, okay, next step is location. Where are they? And where do I want them to be? Do I want them in my Facebook group? Do I want them on my podcast? Do I want them in a YouTube channel? Like whatever. Okay. So I make out a list of 50, 60, 70, 80, 90, a hundred different podcasts, Facebook lives, YouTube channels, Instagram accounts. And I go, okay, every single one of those has my ideal audience. So now I have somebody I know who I'm talking to. I know what message resonates with their pain and their solution. And now I know where they're located. So now if I hit them up and I get on there, I'm talking to the right person and I have a message that's interesting to them, right? Your listeners, I'm talking to, I'm, I'm, you know, the entrepreneurial related type, you know, type stuff, right? I'm talking to them. They have a pain. They have a problem. And then I, I'm on here now. Where do I want them to go? Well, I want them to go to my podcast. I want them to come listen to my podcast, right? So what am I going to do? I'm going to need something to incentivize them to come over to me. So then the next question is, what content am I going to produce that is going to allow me to bring them over into my world? Is that a freebie? Is that a guide? Like, what am I, what am I giving away? And then once they're there, what am I going to sell them to monetize? Like, th- that's, like that's the process. And so I, the exact same process when it comes to location, you could swap out interviews for ads. But I didn't want to pay for ads. I didn't have any money when I started, right? And so, so many people are afraid to spend money on ads, which I get. It's scary. I've spent $3,000 on ads before and made no sales. Well, $1,500, right? You know what I mean? So I get it. So prove it by going to a place where you know your audience already is. Dream 100, build those relationships and understand you got to start small. Like you, you work with what you got at the beginning. When I first got started, people with a thousand members and 500 members in their Facebook group were the only people I can get in touch with, right? But the, the power of exponential growth and when you realize that when you level up, you're not just leveling up in a little bit, like you're going to a whole new level of people's attention that you get. So guess what? You know who Steve Larson is, right? Oh, yeah. Yeah. I'm really good friends with Steve Larson. But guess what? Steve Larson, I had no idea who each other were two years ago. I meet this dude and I'm like, this is a guy I want to be next to. I dream 100 him for an entire year. I reached out to him. I offered my services for free for six straight months. I worked at a loss to get close to this guy. We became friends. Do you know? how valuable that relationship has been. When Steve Larson talks about you on stage, I've never taken a dime of Steve Larson's money. Steve Larson's brought me six figures in business and has made me friends with Russell Brunson. Why? Because all of a sudden, I'm friends with Steve. And guess what? Who else is friends with Steve? Julie Stowian and Dave Woodward and you know all these people. And so you become friends with them and now you can be like, hey, I've had Steve Larson on my podcast. You wanna be on my show? And they're like, well, heck yeah. Or do you want to have me on the show? Heck yeah. Steve Larson didn't do anything, but I got, you know what I mean? And so it's that concept of when you're going organic, understand you got to hustle at the beginning, man. Like I did, I did 200 live streams for 200 straight days. And guess what? On top of that, that was only on my own t- timeline and group. That doesn't include all of the episodes and interviews that I did on other people's shows during that time. Right? So I hustled, but then all of a sudden it was like, someone would consume one piece of my content and be like, I wonder if this guy's legit. Click. Boom. Oh, he does live streams all the time. Same thing with the podcast. You've got three episodes out, 10 episodes out. No one's taking you seriously. But when you got a hundred episodes out, now you can hit up someone of that bigger thing. And when you have all those things together, boom, it'll take off. 
Love it. Love it. I'm glad you brought up Steve and Dream 100 because uh, that's a couple of the things that we really wanted to talk about. Like, uh, you know, I listened yeah. to before when you, you, you know, basically walked through how you Dream 100 did um, with Russell. And, mm-hmm. and yeah, it kind of starts with Steve and getting to know him. And, and so walk us through that a little bit deeper of, hey, well, I mean, obviously you worked for Steve for six months. Um, but how did you find him? How did you know, like he was somebody that you were going to work your butt off to get in front of and get next to? And then how did that relationship change? Like, when did he finally say, oh, this Josh guy's pretty awesome. Like, yeah. how, did, how did that whole relationship change and, and move forward there? Yeah. So the funny thing about Steve actually is, and it's, everybody has their own, you know, different story. This is just mine with Steve. Um, I actually ran into Steve a month after he quit ClickFunnels. Now think about this. He was a nobody when he quit ClickFunnels. Nobody knew who he was, right? But he was speaking at an event that I was at. It was a small event in Vegas. I happened to be speaking at the same event, had no idea who he was. And I sit there in the audience and I listen to him speak and I go, whoa, like this guy like knows something, right? And so I was like, I want to like, I want to know this guy better. And so, you know, I walked up to him and you can get go to events. You can walk up to these people and just talk to them. Right. And I was just like, Hey dude, um, what do you need help with? He's like, Oh man, no, I'm not doing nothing much really. I'm like, no, I'm serious, man. I was like, I I don't know you, but I was like, I just, I want to, I really want to get to know you. And he's like, uh, well, honestly, man, like, I don't know. We're just, you know, getting started stuff out. What do you do? And I was like, I do social media stuff. Can I help you with it? He's like, yeah, I mean, I, I guess so. I'm like, mm, I don't know, hit me up. We'll, we'll see what we can do. And that was really the extent of our conversation. It was kind of like a blow off, right? Mm-hmm. And uh, I followed up with him, right? And I was like, hey man, I reviewed your Instagram account and I'm telling you, um, I, can, I can help you. And he's like, okay, uh, sounds good. Like, what can you do? I was like, I wanna be a friend. I wanna get to know you a little bit better and learn from you. I'll do it at cost, let me grow it. And here's the plan, boom, let's get started. And it was kind of like, I just did it for him, right? I didn't even like ask him. I mean, I did, but like, it was kind of like a, here's what we, I would do, let, let, let's do this. And so we just started. And then that led into the next thing. I earned his trust just a little bit, right? And then got started with that. Um, his first event that he ever did, I actually, once again, the, pause for a second, because I got to bring this yeah, in. Yeah, yeah. The single best thing that you can do to Dream 100 somebody, single greatest, is become friends with their friends, okay? Get to know who's around them okay so what did i do i was like this colton dude he's with steve he works with steve i was like i don't know who the heck this guy is I mean, he just seems like a big old teddy bear you know what i mean like I, so i hit up colton and we become friends he's telling me all about steve right I, oh yeah steve likes this he hates this do this oh man you know we're looking and i found out that they had all these chairs to set up and they didn't have anybody to do it so i rebooked my flight for a day early i boxed colton and i was like hey colton i'm flying in a day early i can help you set up chairs steve had no idea right and i show up there steve's there he's like oh hey man what's up what are you doing here i'm like hey i told skelton i would come help and he's like really that's awesome who else is showing up and flying in a day early to set up chairs and pass out flyers right not a lot of people and it's those things that set you apart and make you different and so since i was friends with colton and then i became friends with austin and then i became these are people that you can literally get a response back by hitting them up on facebook right now right yeah. i mean not anymore but you know what i mean like at that point Austin's so, still pretty good about it. Yeah, yeah Austin is still pretty good about Colton's it. Colton's pretty good. Yeah. Right. I, I but, but like Steve's, Steve's a lot harder to get in touch with now. It's going to take you a lot longer to dream 100 him now, right? But like people want results now. And I'm like going, why? You're, are, you're either A, 
you want results now because you're not going to be around in a year. And guess what? You're operating from a bad pace of energy. No one's going to take you seriously. Or B, you're going to be around in three, four, five, six years. So you might as well start now. I've been dreaming 100 in Russell for two years, right? He asked me to speak at his traffic secrets event, which got canceled by coronavirus. I'm 26 years old. I was the youngest speaker there, right? Why? Two years, people, right? Two years of work. And so first off, be intentional, have no ulterior motives, have their best interest in mind, like 100%. Step number two, never ask for anything. There, Steve Larson, actually, on the latest podcast that we just did with him, he's like, there is a fundamentally huge difference between affiliates and Dream 100. Affiliates are there to sell your product. Dream 100s are there to build, you're building a relationship with them. So if you've got no ulterior motive, I've never asked for anything from Steve. I've never asked for anything from Russell. But at my, the benefit that I have there. So be intentional, no ulterior motives, become friends with their friends, and then be unique. Like just, Dave Woodward was like, on a live stream that he did. <sighs> Man, I want a flamethrower, right? Casual, kind of off the cusp. Then a week later, I see Julie Stoyan go, I kid you not, Dave walks into the office today and goes, today's a bad day, I need a flamethrower, I'm just gonna burn this whole place down, right? And I was like, Dave needs a flamethrower. <laughs> Elon Musk got a flamethrower, I've got a flamethrower. Took that, my own personal flamethrower, I loved it, didn't matter, shipped it to him. It's a $1,500 flamethrower, right? But guess what? Everybody at ClickFunnels thought that was the coolest thing in the freaking world, man, right? And they all knew who it was from. And they all knew who it was from. Russell knew, Dave knew, everybody did. With Russell, I'm like, what do you get a guy who's running a billion dollar company? Like, how do you, so what do I do? I go to the events that Russell's gonna be at. I see Russell, I walk up to him. Hey, Russell, hypothetically speaking, it's a true story. I said, hypothetically speaking, um, and he goes, oh boy, I'm about to be pitched, right? Like that was the first thing out of this guy's mouth. Think about this. That means that every person that comes up to him is pitching something. So what did I do? I go, hypothetically speaking, if I were to dream 100 you, what would you be interested in? And he just looks at me, he's getting on the elevator. I'm walking out like walking out with him. I'm not gonna get on the elevator with him, that'd be creepy, right? And he goes, old books. And the door shut and he goes down. I'm like, what? That's it, that's all I gotta go off of? But I thought, okay, how am I unique? Russell's a Mormon. Oh, okay. Old book. So I'm searching on eBay. I'm searching online. I'm like, what's different? What's unique? And then I find an original print copy of the Book of Mormon that has a spelling error in it still. It's like when they first started doing the printing presses, right? And it's like two grand. And I'm like, you know, like kind of going back and forth, like, should I do it? So I almost have one, almost have one. Don't get it, don't get it. And I was spending several hundred bucks. I didn't pay that much for it. I got a good deal, right? Because I bought it now, but spent several hundred dollars, get this book, comes in the mail. Now I have a reason I can reach out to him. I'm like, he's got to reply now, right? So I send him, I wait till Christmas. I'm like, hey, dude, I got a Christmas present for you. I worked really hard to get it. Do you have an address I can send this to? And he goes, just send it to ClickFunnels. I'm like, I want your home address. And he goes, all right, send it to ClickFunnels. So I send it to ClickFunnels. I make sure that it's awesome, right? He opens it up. That's the f I have tagged Russell Brunson in hundreds of Instagram stories, I bet. That's the first time he ever shared my Instagram story on his thing. He did three in a row. He tagged me in all three of them and said, this is a really, really cool gift from Josh Forty, right? At that moment, I was like, next level unlocked, right? Yeah. Yeah. Then two months later at Funnel Hacking Live, I don't know, were you guys at Funnel Hacking Live? Yeah. Okay, I don't know if you watched Russell Brunson's story, but if you did, every single day, I was on his story, every day. Why? Because I was so intentional about the posts that I made, 
about the thing. I think maybe there was one day that I wasn't. I think it was my birthday when it was Tony Robbins. But like for the first three days, reshare my story, reshare my story. Why? Because it, it was about him. It was, thank you, Russell. Russell, we're ready. We're here. It's resharing, 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 right? Now I'm in his world, right? Now I know that I'm there. But I'm still, I'm, I'm not saying, we're here. Go listen to the thing, different theory. Nope. I'm like, we're here to support Russell, right? We're here. It's all about him in mind. I'm not trying to leverage this to promote me. It's all about him, right? It's all about ClickFunnels. It's all about what they're after. Same thing with Steve. When I'm at Steve's event, it's about Steve, right? And so when you're building these relationships, you have no idea the ripple effects that happen when a Russell Brunson or a Steve Larson reshares your story or talks about you on stage or mentions you in a podcast. Now you just, you start to go up. And so the, the biggest thing that I can tell you about the Dream 100 guys is just nurture the relationship. Be so genuine, be so real. And like send them gifts, be different, be unique. If you make that intentional commitment to do that without expecting anything in return, then number one, if you don't hear anything back from them, you're not disappointed because you had no ulterior motive. And then when it does happen, you're like, yes, there it is. Right, I mean- you said something that I think so many people just overlook. You're, you're doing it for them and not for yourself. And, yep. I, and I've said so many times that if you just do things for the right reasons, 100%. the universe, whatever you believe in, will conspire to give you what you want. Yep. And you will get it the right way, which will be the intentional way, which will basically you earned your way in. Right? Yep. Right. And he talks about that in Traffic Secrets. Right. Earn, earn, earn your way into it. And it's so powerful because once you have, and this is what people don't get, it's like once you're somebody, like I don't want Russell to like know who I am. I don't want Russell to be my affiliate. I want Russell to be my homie, right? And that might take me 10 years to get to that point. But I want you to think about something. Imagine being like friends, like for actual good friends with Russell Brunson right. or Steve Larson. Right. You know what I mean? Like imagine how, not even from the fact of what you're going to get, like just your life, your mindset, the way you think, like you've got to evolve that person. And that's why it's really important. I don't think enough people talk about this. It's like, you got to be really intentional about who you dream 100 because you're going to inevitably become like them in a certain, to a certain element. So if you're like, I'm not trying to throw shade at anybody here per se, but there's a reason I haven't really dream 100 Grant Cardone. Right. I think he's a great guy. Right. I, I mean, I think he's super, super smart, but like right now, I'm not at a point where I'm like, I don't know. I respect Russell more than I respect Grant. I love, I mean, great dude, right? Grant's awesome. I'm not trying to bash him, right? But like for me, I have massive amounts of respect for Russell. I, my brand is associated with ClickFunnels now. Why? Because I respect what, who Russell is. So you're going to become like that. If I had a choice to become best friends with Russell Brunson or best friends with Grant Cardone, who am I choosing? Russell. Yeah. Why? Because he's the type of person that I want to be around. He's the type of person I want to become like. Well, and, and if you look around at your five closest friends, that's probably, A, how much you're making, right? And you either like it or you don't. <clears throat> or um, you never want to be the smartest person in the room. 100%. But those five people will push you to become who you want to be. That's right. So if you have the wrong people in mind, you're gonna, you can easily turn out to be a douchebag and no one wants to turn out to be that way. But if you're chasing the wrong reasons or you're going after people for the wrong reasons, that's probably what's going to happen. Yeah. Yeah. hundred percent. All right. So I want to shift gears a smidge and I know you recently, Josh worked with the cashflow tactics and Ryan and Brad and yes. and, and honestly, the, like the case study 
um, of of the how you uh, drop their pr- uh, program in the podcast. Like that was kind of my that that was the, my hook that got me to to buy the Traffic Secrets book through your link. Was that yeah, it's for a lot of people. <laughs> and, um, and so and and we were lucky enough. Like we had Brian and and Brad on, or Ryan and Brad on. Uh, we made it five straight shows. It was like two shows with Ryan, two with Brad, and then nice. one of the four of us. It was pretty fun. And we went through their five-day challenge and kind of recapped it and, and did live air, you know, stuff with, um, you know, with our results and our, our problems. And, and we're going to circle back here in like 30 days with the kind of the next steps. Nice. So, so it's really cool. And, and, but your two episodes that you had with Brad Gibb, like hands down, probably the, my two favorite podcast episodes I've listened to ever of all the podcasts. Um, and so, but walk walk us through like how did you go look at them who they've already made lots of money or if they were someone brand like what did you go do and you're like hey nope stop this is what we're going to do now follow me (laughs) oh gosh this story guys is unlike oh gosh okay i found so i find this out after the fact i don't even know if i'm allowed to tell this story so brad i'm really (laughs) sorry (laughs) um so we actually, so Brad and I actually met for the first time at Steve Larson's Offer Mind, the first one, okay, in Boise, the first one that he did. And uh, Marley uh, Jacks invited me to uh, dinner. She, we, they were going to Ruth Chris. She's like, hey, you want to come? I was like, heck yeah, I love steak. Let's, you know, let's go. And so I sit down and Brad is sitting there and he's like, I want to sit next to you. Now I have no idea who Brad is. And so he's like, I've got questions, you know, to, to ask you. And so we sit down and we ended up staying so long. They actually kicked us out of the restaurant because we were there past close. We were there for like four hours. Um, but the first half was me talking about social media. And then the second half was him talking about this, you know, this money stuff. And I'm like listening to him talk about this money stuff. And my, I mean, my eyes are like, my jaw's like, what? This is insane. And I was like, dude, you need a podcast. He's like, ah, nobody will listen, right? I'm like, what do you mean nobody will listen? I, I just sat here listening to you for two hours. I could listen to two more. Like, let's go. And he's like, no, nobody, no, nobody listened. Nobody listened, right? And so I, it was kind of at that point when I was like, all right, like this guy's super duper smart. We have a relationship. With, like we just had dinner. I might as well stay in touch with him, right? And uh, I had the unique advantage point that Steve had just mentioned me on stage, right? So here I'm thinking, okay, I've got a little bit of credibility. Let's stay in touch or whatnot. And so we do, we stay in touch. We kind of, um, you know, after it leaves, well, turns out I find this out after the fact, I had no idea that this was the case. Brad had known who I was. He just told me this like maybe a month ago, right? To keep in mind, we've done this whole thing. He hasn't told me this, hasn't told me this. He's like, Josh, I knew I, I had sent you a friend request. We were friends on Facebook twice in one week in the Denver airport. I ran into you, but you were doing a Facebook live on your phone. And he's like, I thought you were just such an idiot, right? You thought you were this big shot that had all these followers and were making all this money. And he goes, so I wanted to sit down with next to you at, at Ruth Chris that night because I wanted to prove to myself that you were a nobody that I never had to listen to again. And I was like, what? And he goes, yeah, dude. He goes, I thought you were full of it, dude. I just didn't, like, didn't think that this social media game meant anything, yada, yada. And I was like, that is so funny. And so. Um, but I didn't just find this out. So we stay in touch after the Ruth Chris and I'm egging him on. I'm like, dude, you got to start a podcast. You got to start a Facebook group type deal. And, uh, almost a year goes by, right. That we have and well, you know, we see each other at events and I'm like, you're going to start a podcast. You're going to start a podcast. You're going to do this, whatever. So finally he reaches out and he's like, all right, like let's sit down and actually like map out what this would look like. Now this is right before I'm about to go on a trip around the world. 
right? So I'm like packing everything up as, as we're getting ready to plan this and kind of go through and I'm, I'm walking him through the process of what this would look like. Now, you know, Brad, he's very analytical, right? Oh, yeah. Very smart. It's got to make sense, right? Numbers in, numbers out. So here I am used to pitching people that are just very emotionally driven type deal. And now I'm having to go and I'm having to tweak my pitch so that I can sell this dude that is like numbers, data. I mean, he's an economist type guy, right? And so I, you know, tweak it, tweak it, tweak it. And he was the only guy that I, I have sat on like four phone calls before I pitched him hard and was like, dude, like, come on, right? Because he was friends with Russell. He was friends with Steve. He was friends with Dave. He was, and so I was like, okay, okay, I, I can't mess this one up. And so once again, it was kind of like a Dream 100 type thing. I didn't send him anything, but I, whenever he needed his questions answered, it was, yep, what do you need? What do you need? And so then we're sitting, actually, it was in Australia. So he calls me and it was, I'm driving on the wrong side of the road on the wrong side of the car, right? And I'm like, I can't talk to Brad right now. I got to pull over, right? Like, right. I can't. Think. So I pull over and um, like, he's like, all right, like, I got one, like, kind of one line of set of questions for you. And I was like, okay, let's, you know, let's talk or whatever. And so that's when I, I pitched him. I was like, dude, like, we got to go. Like, let's just do it. He's like, okay, I'm in. Like, let, let, let's actually go and do this. Now, that was a year almost before I actually ended up getting him as a client. But you wouldn't want to know, once again, how much that relationship has changed my life. Like, oh, yeah. holy cow, right? Like, fundamental. And I will tell you, that's what pushed me closer to Russell, right? Because Brad talks about me in there, right? And so we came in and I knew, and I think this is important. A lot of times when people are scaling their businesses and when people are listening to coaches, they're like, systemize, systemize, systemize. And it's true. Like you do to a certain extent, right? But like when you have the ability to work with a Dream 100 style client, you don't mess that up, right? Like just do whatever it takes. And I didn't give Brad a discount. I gave him a, a small discount comparatively to like what I would maybe charge like someone that I had worked with before that was doing those services. But like, I still charged him a lot of money, multiple five figures, right? So like he was invested, but I worked for that one and I made sure it went spotless, right? And I had to educate them and I pushed back and I set the expectation up front with them. And I said, listen, you're hiring me to come in to do what I do best. I don't know anything about money. I know how to make it, but that's about it, right? I was like, that's your area of expertise. This is mine. Let me do my job, right? And whenever they would come and push, I'd be like, let me do my job. Like, I was strict. Like I, and the same thing with Steve. I was like, if you don't want to do this, I get it, but also trust me, right? Like, let me do my job. And I came in and I worked with them and worked with them. I spent hours and hours and hours and hours. But guess what? When that thing launched, it killed it, right? Like, it crushed. And when you can, when you can crush it for a Dream 100 person, like your entire life will change. Steve Larson was the first Dream 100 person that I crushed it for and it fundamentally changed my life. Brad has been the most recent. That's awesome. So I actually thought your story, you were going to end with Brad had you on his Dream 100. So that was kind of a twist for me. I was like, oh, that is he, not where he was going. He, he actually, <laughs> but he, well, he, he, I don't know if, if Dream 100, but he sent me this customized pair. They're over there of Nike ID shoes that say think different on them with customized yellow laces. So call it the dream 100 we're very very good friends now but yeah um th those are some good guys over there for sure well and, and what you said about not messing up the dream 100 and you didn't give them a discount but let's just think of it think differently for a second so yeah if if you charged x amount right but they weren't a dream 100 customer your hourly rate is here right 
But if they're a Dream 100 customer, you might have given them a discount, but your hourly rate pretty much tanked because you're right. putting in so much more effort, so much more. Not that all the customers aren't equally important. Like, let me press. Right. No, 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 no. But, 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 but you know what I mean? Right. But look, what, it's not that they aren't equally important is that this customer does more for you than other customers do. Right. right. So like th I'm going to do, let's say I put 20 hours into a typical customer. And with that, my intention with that customer is to get them an amazing result. Correct. If I can get an amazing result with 20 hours and I'm not looking for anything from them, guess what? They're going to pay me for 20 hours. I'm going to give them 20 hours. A dream 100 person is going to pay me for 20 hours, but I'm going to give them 40 hours. Why? Correct. Because the first 20 hours are to meet their expectations and to deliver what you said you were going to deliver. The remaining 20 hours are to make sure that they know you're the best, right? And you like over deliver. You, and you over deliver. You don't, you're not doing a poor job for everybody else. They're getting exactly what it is. But like, well, the things that we did for Brad, I wouldn't, no offense, Brad, I love you, you know that. I would never put up with the crap that Brad gave me with another customer, right? If, if it was an, I would have pushed back. But because the, the, I get, and Brad knew that, like guys, I think there's this misconception that your Dream 100 doesn't realize how much they're doing for you. Lies. They know exactly how beneficial they are to you. Steve Larson knows very well how much my life has gotten better since Noah, but they don't care, right? right? Like they are totally fine with that. They want you to, they want to better your life as long as you're benefiting them, right? Brad has sent me a tremendous amount of business, right? I don't, we, coronavirus, like, no offense, like we're slammed. Why? Yeah. Because of the relationships that we've built, because we've delivered, and now there's trust there, right? And now people know, okay, if I hire Josh, if I hire you guys, if I, and they've seen how you operate with a Dream 100 type person, they know that they're going to be able to go get a good result now from you. And so, like, think of a Dream 100 as not only a client, but a billboard that screams the results that you give them. If you deliver good results, they're going to say good things about you. If you deliver bad results, they're going to say nothing or eh, things about you. If you deliver exceptional results, they won't shut up about you, right? And like that's, that, like that's the mentality that you have to have going into it. Go the extra mile with the Dream 100, for sure. Well, they definitely spoke highly of you. when, when we're well, That's good. I'm glad. You know how Russell talks about when you're buying something like buy slow, right? Like go through the process and learn not just what you're getting, but the process. Yep. And, and so... So when, as you went through their podcast launch and their, their big push in the Facebook group, like I was watching it slow day by day and just loved every second of it. So I'm glad you know, before that, I like, I, I knew the pod, the think different theory, but I, I didn't really understand what you could offer as, as like, you know, someone to have you working for you. Yeah. And, uh, and so, yeah, definitely like now I'm like, okay, where's my checkbook? We need to hire Josh. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, well, that's what I like to hear. Thank you. But um, all right, I want to move into our signature question. about yeah. hindsight. So hindsight's 2020. We all wish we had it sometimes. So if you could actually go back in time, give a younger Josh perfect hindsight and yeah. a little bit of advice, what, what advice would you give? Uh, that's a great question. And I do have about five, six minutes left before I have another interview after this. So um, wrap it up here. Um, I think that people are motivated by the wrong things. And when you're motivated by the wrong things, you act the wrong way. And not like in a right and wrong scenario, but you do things like whatever you're after, you're going to operate to go and chase after that. 
And when I first got started, my motivation was I wanted to get rich because I grew up without money, right? And that led me down the path of going to get rich. And then that changed to going down the path of getting a lot of followers once I kind of got into it. And then it shifted and it continued to evolve. And one of the things that my, my, my coach taught me was when you really get clear on who you are, when you really know yourself, when you really know your identity, when you really like take the time to figure yourself out and your mental game out, the benefit that that does is it allows you to get a clear path on where you're actually going. And if you're driven, like if I was driven by money, if I was driven by like that, I wouldn't have think different theory because think different theory, I don't make a whole lot of money from think different theory, right? I make a lot of money from my clients, right? So if I would, why would I spend 20 or 30 hours a week producing content when I could make 10 times the amount of money going to serve clients? Because I'm not after money, right? I'm doing what fulfills me and I'm doing my purpose. And so I really, really, truly believe that people get caught up in asking the wrong questions and doing the wrong things simply because they're motivated by the wrong things. It doesn't make you a bad person. It just means you're motivated by the wrong thing. So ask yourself, what are you really motivated by? Actually, not what do you think you're motivated by? Like, what are you, what is, like, how are you actually making decisions? Because most of the time you may think it's for impact. You may think it's for a certain reason, but when you actually go and look at why you made a certain decision, it's usually for a different reason than you realize. So I think the first thing would be like, understand what motivates you. And then the second thing is realize that most people's opinion doesn't matter. And I don't mean that in a negative way. I simply mean it doesn't matter to you or for you because most people aren't trying to get what you're trying to get, right? And so right now, as we speak, I'm on a two-week social media fast. I don't have Facebook or Instagram or Messenger or Twitter or anything on my phone at all. I'm done, right? All the podcasts are, are streamed, they're pre-recorded. So I don't have to log into Facebook to stream them. Why? Because and I, I have a podcast coming out actually next Wednesday, and I don't know when this is going to air, but uh, it's episode 34, I think, or something like that, season 234. And I explain, and I talk about the subconscious mind, right? And I talk about inputs and outputs. It's one of the, my best interview, or episodes I've ever done about the mind. Um, and basically, like, what comes into your brain is going to come out right? What you put into your body is going to come out. It's, I mean, any system that you, you put, you have inputs and outputs. And so when I'm on social media, my inputs are coming from Fox News, CNN, and Russell Brunson, and Grant Cardone, and 5,000 friends, and my Facebook groups, and my followers, and my fans, and my emails. And I'm getting inputs from about 300 sources. Now, think about this. Your subconscious mind is 90% subconscious, only 10% of your mind is conscious, which means that not only are you getting information from 300 different inputs, 90% of the inputs that you're getting, you don't even realize that you're getting. So 90% of your programming, you are being programmed without you realizing that it happens. So what, what do you got to do? You got to stop the inputs. You got to change them, right? So if I can turn that off and instead I'm reading dot-com secrets or psycho-cybernetics or the Bible or a podcast, right? Now I'm controlling the inputs. And when you understand that your mind is controlled by your subconscious, your whole life is a, a, simply a sum of your actions, right? Guess what controls your actions? 90% of your actions are controlled by your subconscious mind. That means 90% of your life is shaped without you even realizing it's being shaped. So how do I program that? How do I, why does the five closest people define you? Because the five closest people influence you most. The books you read, they influence you. Control your inputs 
and you will control where your life goes. I would say looking back, like if I understood those two things, I would, I mean, I'm very happy with where I'm at in life. Don't get me wrong. I have no regrets. But if I understood that when I was younger and I'm only 26, like my life would be fundamentally different as well. Change your inputs. Make sure that those inputs are coming from a place of the right reasons that you want something and your life will be like, you'll be the happiest camper whether you have 200 followers or 2 million followers, whether you have $2 million in the bank or $2 in the bank. Because if you're driven by the right things and your inputs are being shaped by positivity, love, happiness, peace, joy, servant, things like that, you have no time for anything else. And that would be my biggest takeaway. I love it. And I know you got to run, but where can our listeners connect with you? Because everything you just said was extremely powerful. And I guarantee you that hit someone, right? Where can they hit? Where can they find you? Yeah. So um, think different theory. If you're seeing this on video, I don't know if it's video or not. Uh, thinkdifferenttheory.com um, or thinkdifferenttheory.com slash listen. If you just want to go right to your favorite platform and check out the podcast, um, that's going to be the best place um, for actual content. Uh, my Instagram page is at Josh 40. You can go there. And then we also have um, a bunch of free stuff, but my two main ones, I have a mindset guide that I wrote all about mindset. It's about 60 pages long, 67 pages long. Um, it's called the Mindshift Playbook. It's how to rewire your brain. It's got five sections. It's got videos in each sections and written text in each sections and works each and each section. It's completely for free. I also have a sales guide, the ultimate sales framework, uh, how I close $2.5 million in deals. Uh, my uh, my students have closed over $2 million in deals following that framework. Both of those can be found at the end of every one of our episodes. So if you just go down in like on iTunes or Spotify and go to the description, um, you'll see the links to those right there. So thinkdifferenttheory.com, thinkdifferenttheory.com slash listen. That's going to be the best place to find out uh, materials and content for me. Perfect. We'll put it in the show notes as well. Perfect. Well, Josh, I, uh, you know, one of my favorite things to do are that I, when I listen to your show is your rapid fire. So I wish... I wish we had time to get into that a little bit. But, uh, if you, I, got, I, got, I got five minutes, if you, if you want to do, or two minutes, if you got, if you got oh really quick. Gosh. Really right, quick. Fire. All right. Uh, favorite place to eat? Oh, McDonald's. Ooh. Actually, no, actually Panda Express. Panda Express. Okay, oh, that's okay. better. Panda okay. Express. Favorite vacation? Spot. Oh, Hawaii. Just the world, yeah. Hawaii. Okay. Yeah, Hawaii. there's nothing better. Nothing better. Okay. Okay. Nice. All right. Favorite book? Well, the Bible, but that doesn't really count uh, because it's, I mean, I'm, I'm religious. Uh, favorite mindset book is Psycho-Cybernetics, hands down, uh, fundamentally changed my life. Favorite business book, uh, Dot Com Secrets. Okay. Music. Secrets. Huh? <laughs> favorite music. Not secrets yet. So, yeah, well, it's a good, that's a good book too. Yeah, yeah. Favorite music. Um, favorite band. Whichever. I mean, I, I mean, I, I listen to a lot of pop. Um, well, I don't listen to a lot. I don't really listen to music all that much. I like pop and, and country. Um, I mean, I, I'm a kind of a, a fan of those. I, I like audiobooks more so. Um, but I, I'm, I'm actually a really big Justin Bieber fan. Nice. nice. Yeah, we're going to a Justin Bieber concert later this year. It'll be fun. Nice. And uh, last one, favorite podcast that you listen to? I mean, besides the thing different there, because I listen to my own podcast, as ironic as that sounds. No, you um, have to. Yeah. 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 yeah, it's so, I mean, all the interviews that are on there. Um, so, my, my, actually, my favorite podcast is, uh, by, I listen to a lot of, by a guy named Robbie Zacharias, um, but it's actually, a, it's a Christian podcast. So, he's a Christian apologist. So, I'm really big into, like, things like that. Uh, my, favorite, my favorite marketing podcast is uh, Sales Fund Radio by, by Steve Larson. Um, I, I listen to that a lot. Um, from a marketing side of things. Um, but I, re- I really like that. And then, of course, if there was ever a podcast that I would like more than Think Different Theory, the, the podcast that I consume and listen to hands down more than anybody else is the Joe Rogan Experience. I mean, you just can't beat it. 
Nice. Yeah. yeah. All right, Josh, man, you've been uh, wonderful and, and uh, very insightful and inspiring. So uh, thank you very, very, very much today. Hey, you got it, guys. I appreciate it. Thanks, Josh. Well, everyone, I truly hope you got as much from Josh Forty as I know I did. He is so young, but yet so wise. He has been, he's just trying to educate people and he believes in his mission and, and he's so passionate about everything. It like, Ron, I just, I loved every second of that interview. Yeah, I cannot believe just his age and how smart he is and how he approaches things. You know, that kind of leads me into my two takeaways from the show. Uh, one is just how he approached people he wanted to work with, or, you know, a lot of people call it their dream 100. You know, he, he really worked on the relationship. He didn't just go bombard them. Like he really tried to understand about that person, gave value, gave value, gave value, gave value, just like he was sharing about his story with Steve. Like not a lot of people would put in that time and effort that, that he did. And then the second thing was about how he published and how his routine was. And even he built three Facebook groups and made six figures from those. So again, he published every day, 200 days, go publish. That's one of the action steps. Find where you're comfortable publishing and just publish every day. Absolutely. And uh, to, to hit on that point, it's all about the relationships. So uh, if you, those of you out there want to help and want to keep growing your relationships, come to our Hindsight Hacking Facebook group and uh, we'll give you some more good takeaways there uh, at the facebook.com forward slash groups forward slash Hindsight Hacking. Thanks everyone. And thank you for being the best part of the Hindsight Hackers community.